Business Pro Rata, where we take just 10 minutes to get you smarter on the collision of tech, business, and politics. I'm Dan Mack. On today's show, young Americans versus capitalism and the e-commerce giant you probably haven't heard of. But first... Return of the Jedi. On Friday, the Pentagon announced that it has picked Microsoft for a giant cloud computing contract known as Jedi, or the Joint Enterprise Defense Infrastructure Contract. This is a $10 billion, 10-year agreement that basically re-architects all of the Defense Department's IT infrastructure, including field-level military support. Now, why it matters is twofold. For Microsoft, it is a massive vote of confidence in Azure, its cloud computing platform that's been playing catch up to Amazon Web Services. And for Amazon, it's a huge loss, but also one full of political intrigue. Conventional wisdom in D.C. and on the West Coast was that Amazon had Jedi in the bag, particularly after being named a finalist back in April. But there also was talk that President Trump was highly displeased by this development. Remember, Amazon is run by Jeff Bezos, who owns The Washington Post, which Trump despises. And Trump has repeatedly tweeted that Amazon itself owns The Washington Post, even though that's not true. Anyway, in his recent memoir, former Defense Secretary James Mattis wrote that Trump directed him to, quote, screw Amazon out of the deal. Mattis said he refused to do that, saying he was going to have this run by the book. But that was then, back in the summer of 2018. And this is now, with Mattis no longer at DOD. Now, Trump wasn't the only one who didn't want Amazon to win. Indeed, a large number of tech rivals also opposed it getting the Jedi contract for competitive reasons. But don't be surprised if this decision, this picking of Microsoft, results in a court fight, or at least a request for relevant political documents to see if there was undue influence. In 15 seconds, we'll go deeper with TechCrunch reporter Ron Miller. But first, this. There is more news out there than ever before, but these days, it's harder than ever to find it and to know what to trust. Axios AM takes the effort out of getting smart by synthesizing the 10 stories that will drive the day and telling you why they matter. Subscribe at signup.axios.com. And now, back to the Pro Rata Podcast. We're joined now by TechCrunch's Ron Miller. What was your gut reaction when you heard the announcement that Microsoft had beaten out Amazon? Well, first of all, it was like crazy that it was late Friday afternoon that they made this decision, you know. And Well, they I hate reporters, actually, right? I mean, that's I mean, right. I actually ended up missing it, and my West Coast colleague, Frederick Lardenwire, ended up writing it up. But after I learned about it, my feeling was that, you know, Microsoft, in spite of the fact that everybody was saying that Amazon was going to win this and, and that the RFP, in fact, was even skewed towards Amazon, was that Microsoft had some advantages. And first of all, it had the, you know, the huge contract. I think it's $900 million contract for Office 365 that they signed with with DOD already. And they have this thing called Azure Stack. And what this is, is it's a a private cloud you can stand up with a mini private version of Azure Public Cloud. So it's basically, you can have the stack of hardware running Azure in the back of a truck, which is just like perfect for a military scenario. So I, I always felt like that particular component gave them an edge. We're obviously we're in the early innings of this, right? We're just a couple days after the announcement. What are you hearing, particularly from the Amazon side? Is it not just surprise, but are they crying foul? Because obviously there's been a lot of at least apparent potential political machinations here in D.C. that go beyond, you know, the tech specs of this deal. I mean, I haven't heard anything directly from Amazon yet about that, although I plan to contact them today and ask them about it. But their initial reaction seemed to be just shock. Like they couldn't believe they had lost. It was reading the uh 
his statement that they gave Frederick, it just sounded like, whoa, how did that happen? But you're right. There's a lot of politics. Even before this thing was an RFP, Dr. Katz, who's the co-CEO at Oracle, was complaining directly to the president. You know, the president got involved in August and asked for a review by the DOD. The defense secretary himself, Mark Espers, recused himself on Wednesday because his son had some non-cloud consulting job at IBM, who was one of the early applicants, but wasn't involved at this point. The two finalists were Microsoft and Amazon. And two days before the decision, he recused himself, which is odd, right? He had to know the decision was coming. And then, of course, you know, Jeff Bezos owns the Washington Post. And a lot of politics here. How this is going to play out from here on, nobody knows. You know, this is, it looks like Microsoft won, but, you know, it, it ain't over till it's over. You're right. You bring up the uh, Oracle complaints and Software Katz's complaints from a while back. If you are yeah. Oracle, if you are IBM, who was, as you said, the other company that was in this that didn't get it originally early on, are they happy that Microsoft wins? On, on the one hand, kind of the 800-pound gorilla gets shot, but on the other hand, it maybe has now officially created two 800-pound gorillas, and they're both way, way behind. And I think you make an excellent point because, yeah, they wanted to stop Amazon because Amazon obviously controls the vast majority of the cloud infrastructure market. They have like 33 34%. Microsoft has maybe half that. And everybody else, you know, is way behind them. I mean, even even Google is single digit still. So, I mean, maybe, you know, we're speculating here, of course, but maybe they feel like, oh, well, at least Amazon didn't get it. And the enemy of my enemy is my friend. But you're right. In the end, you know, this gives Microsoft a huge edge now in, you know, all government contracts, because if you can obviously provide cloud services for the DOD, you know, you have the security and other capacities that government agencies would require to run a lot of different things. Is that the ultimately the biggest part of the win here for Microsoft? So you look at this $10 billion over 10 years, up to 10 years, the the deal could get cut down earlier than that. But, you know, so a billion dollars a year ballpark in revenue. And that is a lot for a lot of companies. But Microsoft's a company that's got about $125 billion in annual revenue. So we're talking here, Jedi represents less than 1% of Microsoft's annual revenue. So is it really this Jedi contract in itself that's so important for Microsoft? Or is it, as you say, the follow-ons, the idea that other departments in the U.S. government, particularly ones with classified information, highly sensitive information, will now be more likely to give Microsoft their next cloud deal? Yeah, I mean, I think that could be it. And I think that's why Oracle and IBM, uh, you know, were, were upset about it. They wanted that kind of in into the government because, what, you know, obviously that's, that's going to be hugely lucrative. And you're right. It's a, it's a $10 billion contract. I think the, uh, according to Synergy Research, we're, we're over $100 billion a year in cloud infrastructure revenue. And that's just going up. $10 billion feels like a lot of money. Somebody tweeted on Friday that AWS made $9 million in revenue last quarter. You know, so, you know, AWS is upset that they lost it. Microsoft is happy that they won it. But I don't think this contract in and of itself makes a huge difference to either one of them financially. But as you say, it could make a difference as being parlayed into something else down the road into further work with government contracts. Which raises the final thing, and just kind of play this out with me for a minute here. If you are Amazon, and if you are, and I, I almost think back to the um, to the AT and T Time Warner deal when, when uh, with with Trump and CNN. But if you're Amazon, if you come to the conclusion that there is a pretty good chance that there was something untoward that went on here, there was inappropriate influence uh, pushed down by the White House on this deal. 
Do you try to sue? Do you try to fight it on those grounds? Or do you look at it and say, wait a minute, if we get into a giant legal battle that could drag on for years with the federal government, we might not be able to get any of those other contracts. We just have to let this go and try to fight Microsoft on the next one. I mean, that didn't seem to stop Oracle. <laughs> you know, they didn't seem to care that, you know, that might have an impact on their, you know, ability to get government contracts down the road. They complained Fair. to government watchdog agencies. They took it to court. They took it to a couple of different Courts, I think. Although Oracle has the advantage of software cats and Trump are close, whereas Bezos obviously is not. No, no, you're right. And but I don't know. You know, my gut says they probably lick their wounds and walk away, but you never know. Thank you to Ron Miller, enterprise tech reporter for TechCrunch. My final two right after this. Axios chief technology correspondent Ina Fried shares breaking news and analysis on the most consequential companies and players in tech from the Valley to D.C. Subscribe to get smarter faster at signup.axios.com. And now back to the Pro Rata podcast. Now it's time for my final two. And first up is a new survey showing that young Americans are continuing to lose faith in capitalism while embracing socialism. YouGov and the Victims of Communism Memorial Foundation surveyed 2,000 Americans, 16 years or older, and found that 50% of millennials and 51% of Gen Z have somewhat or very unfavorable views of capitalism, which is up 8% and 6% respectively from last year. Moreover, 70% of millennials and 64% of Gen Z said they're somewhat or extremely likely to vote for a socialist candidate for president next November. And on that last point, though, it is unclear how many respondents know that while Bernie Sanders does identify as a socialist, Elizabeth Warren does not. Oh, anyway, and just for a final capitalist gut punch, 12% of Gen Z said they believe that the Communist Manifesto, quote, better guarantees freedom and equality for all, end quote, than the Declaration of Independence. That's compared to just 2% of baby boomers and 5% of Generation X. And finally, Prologis last night said it will pay $12.6 billion to buy Liberty Property Trust. Now, neither of those companies is obviously a household name, but these are two of the country's biggest industrial warehouse owners, which means it's their facilities that house tons of goods being shipped by Amazon and Walmart and FedEx. And for Prologis, this is a huge win after missing out on a deal that went to its largest rival, owned by private equity firm the Blackstone Group. The bottom line here is that for all the talk about how e-commerce is dominated by just a couple of companies, the e-commerce warehouse space is getting even less competitive than that. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. And to my producers, Tim Shovers and Jesse Lee, have a great national internal medicine day. And we'll be back tomorrow with another Pro Rata podcast.